But it's now time for the Rural News with Susan Murray. Kia ora, Susan. Rural schools have to work doubly hard to hold their own against their urban counterparts. Good afternoon, Charlotte. A rural school principal says staff shortages, remote locations and poor access to educational providers are challenges for all rural schools. These comments come following a new Auckland University study which has found rural students had lower NCEA and university entrance rates by around 15% when compared to urban secondary school students. Kaipura's Dargaville High School aims to overcome the challenge of its isolated location by bringing in recruiters and advisors from Auckland University in Ngāti Whātua. Principal Michael Houghton says they are invaluable as there's a disparity of access for students otherwise. I think that attitude in terms of the students wanting um, good outcomes is definitely there. But there are other factors that do contribute that are more specialised to the areas that the schools are in. You know, a lot of the urban schools have that quite close access to other providers. They're, they're based in that city, usually, I suppose. Not just talking about universities, but other tertiary providers. We're 40 minutes from Whangarei and two and a half hours from Auckland, so anything that involves um, taking students away is uh, quite a big cost. Any student that wants to go on to tertiary education they have to move. The other issue that we're finding at the moment, um, which has probably been exacerbated, is the teacher shortage. You know, I'm just thinking of schools close to us. They struggle with getting some of the services that would be really beneficial for the students. Central Southland College Principal Grant Dick says it comes down to the students and helping them follow their strengths, which he admits could be done better if there was more funding. No one's going to say no to more funding in any schools. Of course, that would help provide resources and help provide provisions and and probably the best thing it could possibly provide is is to up your staffing and have more teachers on board and all those sorts of things um, would certainly add to any school's achievement rates. Meanwhile, a conclusion drawn from the Auckland University study was that because of the lower rural academic achievement, those students faced greater barriers to get into competitive tertiary programmes like medical school. Otago University's Rural Health Academic Gary Nixon says the university's Rural Origins programme was first set up to boost the rural workforce. He says it offers a pathway for students from rural backgrounds into health sciences, but says more must be done for them to realise the possibility of working in rural health care. More grim news for sheep and beef farmers with the latest industry-backed situation report forecasting profitability this coming season to be at a 15-year low. The Beef and Lamb report says farmers' profit margins are expected to fall by a third this season, which is on top of a 32% drop last year. It says while demand for red beef is expected to recover slightly and farm gate prices to be similar to last season, increased farm costs will squeeze profitability. Beef and Lamb Farmer Director Nikki Hislop says it's a very challenging time. One of the concerns we do have is, is particularly our younger farmers um, and those farmers on the east coast and the North Island, you know, they need to work their way through this and um, and we need to really make sure that we really support them. But, but all farmers are feeling under the pump at the moment and we're all looking really carefully through our budgets and deferring expenditure where we can. Nikki Hislop says that has a ripple effect for all rural service businesses, contractors and towns. They'll all feel the downturn. 
This week we are speaking to spokespeople from the top five political parties on what they plan to do for farming if they become the next Minister of Agriculture. Today, the hot seat is taken by New Zealand First's Mark Patterson, who says a first priority will be to settle things down because farmers have been dealing with a lot of change. And he then says focus needs to go on adding value to primary products. So I think we've just got to take stock. So that's that'll be the first thing I think farmers will want to know. Um, but it, it's how we grow the sector. We absolutely need, you know, New Zealand's got a lot of challenges, a lot of spending pressure coming up. So the, the sector has to deliver uh, for New Zealand. We'll be very much focused on, on growing the sector. Uh, every raw log or, you know, ton of milk powder that goes out is, is a lost opportunity uh, in terms of adding value. So... We'll be looking at the tax incentives in terms of how we can um, help our exporters uh, in that sense. Uh, free trade agreements, we think the Commonwealth is an opportunity there and a way to get India into the into the mix. And of course the US, you know, we've, it's a nut we haven't cracked, so we have to keep cracking on with those uh, initiatives. And I think also a back-to-basics approach, you know, focusing on the stuff that farmers actually do want, uh, really good biosecurity uh, rural infrastructure, things like you know flood banks and irrigation, water storage, that sort of things. Weed and pest control. We've got you know things like wilding pines and and pests uh, running rampant at the moment. So there's a whole raft of things that we would like to to focus on. When it comes to greenhouse gas emissions, where would things sit with that? Uh, we don't support a tax on emissions. Uh, obviously, it's pressure we're under as a sector to. Uh, reduce our emissions over time, and, and we understand that. We uh, support a you know standardised on-farm measurement, but we're very much more looking at the carrot rather than the stick. We think there's a number of tools out there, a number of management practices that you know could actually reasonably easily uh, bring that profile down without the you know the unnecessary cost burden. I think the financial incentive is actually coming from the market. That's where the driver is. So I don't know that the government coming in with the tax is actually going to... Putting a price on something is only in the event that you're not making progress. And I think we are making progress. Our emissions are coming down. We've got some tools coming. We've got some management practices that we could update and focus on. In many ways, I think it's it's one of our easier challenges. We've got a number of challenges, but that's one I think we can manage quite successfully. New Zealand first, Mark Patterson. The government is co-investing in flood resilience projects across part of the North Island hit hardest by the adverse weather this year. Nearly $39 million of a $100 million fund announced in the budget 2023 will help local authorities bolster the management of flood risk and their recovery after Cyclone Gabriel. Monique Steele has more. The co-investment will let local authorities in seven flood-hit areas in the North Island progress with expensive infrastructure challenges. It's gone to projects like lifting hundreds of homes at risk of future flooding in Te Tairawhiti, upgrading stop banks and buns near water treatment plants in central Hawke's Bay and Kaipara, removing blockages at rivers, and for new tools for flood modelling and emergency communication channels. A government spokesperson says local authorities will have the details on how to apply for the second round of funding, which is now underway. And that ends our rural news for today.